Welcome to the Zero Traction Podcast with Cameron Miller and James Allison. I'm so sorry in advance. Uh, I haven't even done it yet, James. Uh, Episode six. Episode six. Is We're it recording. seven? We're recording. It's yeah. seven now. Is it seven? Yeah. Oh. Come on, man. Episode seven. <laughs> okay. Sorry, viewers. Sorry um, for the wind. The wind is going to be very annoying. Oh, is there a different... Yeah. And there's no other way we can go. It's just windy. We're just in a Thank wind tunnel. COVID for the wind. That's how that works. Yep. Thank COVID for the wind. Oh, there's too many peeps. Oh, man. Right. Well, yeah. So how are you all? <laughs> Very well, thanks. Very good. Well, I think um, last week, having listened through last week's one, done all the editing, I realised that we spoke... A, it was, I thought it was an alright episode, yeah. That was reasonable. Realised we spoke a lot about BMW. We did. And then we were just talking before this, when James came in and was like, what were you talking about? We might as well say it. I said, it. well, I've specced up a BMW. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I went on the uh, BMW website. Just, I just, you know, what, you like, what we're like. You just think, yeah, I'm going to spec up my ultimate Empire. And um, it turns out we were correct. You cannot buy anything other than a competition version of a BMW Empire. Yeah. So, uh, so what is the most expensive? So the most... Right. The most expensive one, strangely, is an M8 uh, convertible competition. Very good. And that starts at about a hundred and was like a hundred thirty-three thousand pounds. Bloody hell! For a six hundred and twenty-five horsepower <laughs> coupe convertible M8 competition. My so goodness. It's, it's very expensive. Yeah. And I spec'd it. I just fully spec'd it to see how much you can. Um, you can you know spec it up to and I, I went through all the options and then at the at the end there was a there was a final option of twenty thousand pounds but it removed all the other options uh, basically the the thing you should check if you want all the options oh uh, right okay and it saves you seventeen hundred and fifty quid if you do it that way ah uh, so there's like an all the options button yeah and it's twenty grand but it's like a multi buy save yeah Save one thousand seven hundred pounds quid off and, your one hundred and thirty-three thousand yeah, pound car, and tick the twenty thousand pound, tick the Ford Fiesta ST option, <laughs> where you just add an, an entire Fiesta ST <laughs> onto your M8 competition. What does it get you? What What does it the gets extra you cost? Some things like performance brakes. Why it doesn't have? I'm sure the brakes are fine, but it gives you better brakes. Yeah. Um, it also removes the top speed limiter of one hundred and fifty-five miles an hour. Enabling you to go 190 miles an hour. Where did that that which whole? Which is super useful around town. Of course it is. Well, I mean, if you're German autobahning your way through the day, then you, yeah, 190. There you go. Yeah. And with a with a tailwind, that's 200, isn't it? That is. With a tailwind. With a tailwind downhill. Yeah. <laughs> so or why... even a remap. You could remap that, couldn't you? I don't I don't know anything about bmw m remaps but i'm sure there's some performance you can unlock there oh definitely get yourself 200 miles an hour well they build in safety factors into the yes. into the design of the engine to begin with so there's a lot more that engine could take yeah although who would be nuts enough to squeeze over 700 out of that i'd be craziness because if you've got 155 grand you've probably got like a few hundred quid extra to spend on a remap yeah or something along those lines <laughs> Because um, it's not the car for us, is it? Let's be honest. No, We're I not don't. The target market. I don't want a nearly 700 brake horsepower land barge. 
I just thought it was convertible. To have a yeah, like the, the convertible M8 is the most expensive M car you could buy. I just thought that was a bit strange. Yeah. I thought the X5M that you were talking about last week would have been the most expensive, or yeah. the X6M, you know, the coupe version of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, the X7M is there not? There is I an don't X7, think isn't there? There is, but there's not a. Uh, having just looked, I didn't see uh, an X7M, but I, that may have. It may. It may exist. I can't remember seeing it. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. What was I saying? We're saying that the M8 competition. Oh yeah, like convertible. That was, a, uh, that was a strange. That was a strange one to be the most expensive. I thought the you know the M because they do an M8 Grand Coupe as well. Yeah. You know, you get extra doors, it's a longer vehicle, you just get more of it. And that's that's cheaper by like 20 grand. Yeah. So. Well, it's like, I think I can see why the convertible will be more expensive because it's, it's really hard to make such a long car a convertible and keep the structural rigidity that you otherwise get from, yeah. you know, a roof. <laughs> you kind of, you get rid of that and you lose a bit of the... Uh, the stiffness of the you chassis do. it's not you know it's it's uh it's less rigid so it's a much harder thing to manufacture yeah. and i wonder if it feels like that to drive probably we'll it's probably know. heavier for we'll sure it's definitely going to be heavier isn't it so in which case i just have an m2 competition so we go back so to that that's like the best it's just the best m car you could buy isn't yeah it? so it's we're half 52, the price 52 pound starting price um that's not a small chunk of money not still a small considering a motorbike is way faster. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to actually survive in more than 40s. a couple of weeks, then uh, yeah, get an M2. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. What What other things did oh. the M8 have? I'm trying to remember. They had, yeah, the M. there was the M Sport pack, which was £2,000, and that reduces the, sorry, that increases the top speed. That's the one that... Yeah. Oh, that was it. That was going to be my question. Yeah. I remember they did the whole, like, Every car we make is now limited to 155. Yeah. Who dis I've forgotten what was the background to that? It was an emissions thing, wasn't it? It was just like a gentleman's agreement between all of the, the car companies in Europe. Right. They said, right, 155. And then for a small fee, you come can just to us. Take we'll, it off. We'll take it off for you. Could you could, was there always that option to take it off? I don't know, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think so. I think it maybe depends on the model you buy. It's not like the GTR, which limits itself to like, is it a hundred? Unless you're on a track? I thought it was in Japan. If you've got a GTR in Japan, yes. you can't go more than 120 kilometers an hour or something. Yeah. Until it recognizes that you're at a track. <laughs> and then it's like, <laughs> and then here you go. go. 196 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I think you might be right. It might just be solely Japan that that's the case. Let me read out some of these options because they were quite expensive yeah. for what they were. All Bear right. with me, viewers. But yeah, the point, while James looks that up, I think our conversation was basically saying, we're going to try not to make this a BMW-only podcast, because I've realised every episode we yeah, have sorry. mentioned BMW in some why, capacity. Why? Viewers, if you've got any ideas as to why we love or hate BMW so much. <laughs> you know, I think it's because they've got so much potential, and they're just fucking it up. <laughs> With, with the new, with the styling and, and all this competition nonsense and all these SUV nonsense that they're doing, they've got so much potential. And some of the, like the M8 Grand Coupe looks fantastic. And I just wish they didn't go down this bloody iron gate grill nonsense. I think it looks particularly bad on the X7 as well. I've decided oh the X7 God, yeah. is grim. About as tall as, 
You could probably walk through those. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Those grills. It's like, a, like two doors in the front of the, front of the car, for okay, sure. Okay, so the M8, you can get, for £8,000, you get carbon ceramic brakes. Nice. With gold calipers. Oh. Oh. And the M driver's pack is included. So you get, so for, for your eight grand, so you take £2,000 off that. So £6,000 buys you some better brakes. Yeah. Which is nice. If I was spending £133,000 on a car, I'd, I'd appreciate those brakes. Yeah, well. it's under 10% under of the cost of the car. It's fine. The M carbon pack is £6,000 and it gives you M carbon exterior styling, an M carbon engine cover. <laughs> and that's it. Right. For how much? Six thousand. For just bits of carbon. Bits of carbon. Oh man. Technology plus. You get a Bowers and Wilkins diamond surround sound audio system. Ooh. Does it and actually have diamond in it? Is that what the diamond bit probably. means? Probably. I would hope so for five thousand pounds. Oh my god. Driving assistant professional, whatever that is, probably lane assistant stuff. It's not that new Skoda style. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, that will come to BMW in a few years when they've there you go. when they've done it not just for motorways but for normal. Karok. Karok. Visibility pack is fifteen hundred quid and you get laser lights, whatever they are. Jeez. What's a laser light? But it's a different way of producing light. You Comfort produce it with lasers. Plus. Comfort plus pack, yeah. nine hundred and fifty quid gets you ventilated front seats and heat comfort system. Heated seats, yeah. They just try and make things sound so much better than they are, don't right. they? You can heat each individual <laughs> bum cheek. <laughs> uh, so there you go, £156,795. A fully specced M8 competition convertible. If I'm being honest, at 156k, not that's worth it. It's not what I'd buy. <laughs> it's not what I'd buy at 156k. No, I would not. I'd go, actually, you know what? I'd save myself 20 grand and buy a Taycan Turbo S. Yeah. Which completely contradicts everything I was saying about electric cars <laughs> last week. Sorry, viewers. No, no, to be fair. At the time, that's probably what I would do. Last week, we ended on the point that we actually really liked the Taycan and that it actually was, it had a brighter future for electric cars. That's true. Um, although I'd be more excited potentially about saving even more tens of thousands of pounds <laughs> and going for the bog standard rear wheel drive version. Fair. Um, big battery, rear wheel drive. Yeah. For longer range. Not that much slower, still faster than anything else you find on the road, and you get rear-wheel drive action. I think. Are you talking about the Taycan still? Still, yeah. Yeah, the range is actually smaller on the on the bottom end. Is like, it right? Yeah. So you do with your more with with you're spending your more pounds. That was good English. Your more pounds. Your more pounds. Spend more pounds. Have you got more it, pounds? You get more performance and more range. Okay, but you also get four-wheel drive. You do. I don't know. I think I can you switch it off. Can you can you make it 100% rear bias? I think probably there's there's like a party mode where you can do that. I would imagine. What? But what I mean is, save the money, spend the money again. I'm saying that this is your in this theoretical world, which is never going to be the case for us, where uh, we have know. a spare 156k lying around. I'm saying that you spend 90 to 100 of it on the rear-wheel drive yes. Taycan. And then you spend the rest of it on a track toy. Yeah. Or a motorbike. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. On a track toy. We were just saying, the M2 competition. Yeah. That's 50 grand. It's 50 grand. Get That's second well. hand let's, one. Let's talk about, yeah, second hand. With some 30, tweaks, with some bits on it. Yeah. 
You've got yourself. You get. Or you can do a season of racing. Like there's, there's race series out there you can enter for a year's worth, which would be way less than that. You've talked about this before. Yeah. And it's very, it sounds very interesting. It's very enticing. You can, so right at the very bottom end of racing, there are a few series you can enter. Um, and it's like, if you, if, I'd recommend everyone go to the 750 Motor Club to look this up because there's, there's a lot of cool stuff on there. There's MX-5 racing, there's Clio racing. Um, so you've got like Clio 172s, you know, bog standard Renault Sport Clios. There's, um, there's low cost racing. Now this is the really cool one. The sort of, for those who don't know, it's like a Caterham style body, but you stick, oh, what has it got? It's got a little Ford engine, is it? It's not the Pinto engine, is it? I've forgotten. Bugger. This is embarrassing. It's got a 1.6 Ford engine in it with carburetors and stuff, but they've recently Z-Tech done it. Then, won't it? It'll be the, the old bog standard ZTEC S engine. No, from before that, we're talking like 80s. Oh, I see. 80s and 90s. So because, this, because the engine is getting so old now, they've brought in another series called the Mazda low-cost series. Mazda 7. So there's, they've, rather than the Z, they've got a 7 in there. Wow. And that takes a lot of the drivetrain out of an MX-5 and sticks that in the same sort of chassis. So a Caterham-style chassis. And then people race those. So you can do that series for, we estimated, in and around 20k car fees, a year's worth of driving. So with 50K, there must be a series above that you can enter. You can yeah. do a full year of racing on that. It just, it, well, it's just about priorities, isn't it? I wow. suppose. I mean, what are you interested in? Are you interested in large luxury performance cars or are you interested in actual driving and racing? Yeah. Because you know, 150 grand will get you so much racing. Yeah. You know. That's true, if you wanted to go 100% race, Probably a lot you could get for that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I can't get out my own head and I, can't, I just make the assumption that everybody wants why? to do what I want to do. Yeah. Why don't they want to <laughs> But that's probably not but, the case. There you go. So, yeah. Anyway, we'll try to make this less BMW bias. I'm very sorry. Although that's 20 minutes and all BMW. <laughs> but, yeah, other than that, I've actually got a planned segment. Oh, sort hey. of planned. Because um, I've mentioned it, I've, I've hinted at it in previous episodes uh, a little bit that we would talk a bit about the, um, what are they called? GT1 class, Le Mans, the 90s Le Mans basically. Yay. Yay. When we were four years old, <laughs> we, we know so much about this topic. Well, I do now. I you think I feel now. like I know a fair chunk. I just feel like I was never... I never watched any of it, so I don't really. Well, so I never... this will be an education for me, as well as you viewers. <laughs> and if it's boring, feel free to go and make yourself a cup of tea. <laughs> I don't think it'll be boring. We, we leapt into Group 7 a few weeks back. We've done yeah. uh, Super GT and JGTC, and that was... I think they were quite interesting, don't you think? Yes, Maybe? very yeah. interesting. Please go on. <laughs> Thanks, James. <laughs> I'm glad. Well, basically, I've done another wiki hole. Um, because I have nothing else to do with my evenings, I guess, or, you know, with lockdown, when we're just sitting watching endless episodes of Cougar Town, I might as well just spend it on Wikipedia. <laughs> um, so I did a bit of a hole on, yeah, on, uh, on 90s Le Mans, because it turns out, pretty mental era for endurance racing. Is that a, Is that a barn find? 
Mercedes, what is it? Is it a C220D? Something like that. It's let's a C have a look. Let's, let's have a look at the rear end. We're going to check it out. It's a C class. Oh, this is interesting, viewers. We've Barn stumbled find. across a green moss. I don't know. If it, is it is it green or is it just covered in moss? <laughs> C180. C180. So ah, it's just not exciting just at all. Just the 1.8 petrol. C180 elegance have... with a moss-coloured steering wheel. So, yeah. <laughs> Nature's yeah. Alcantara. <laughs> if actually, James, in the uh, late 90s, Mercedes were famous for offering moss steering wheels as I their standard. I had no idea. Is that, is that a rare version? Of uh, it, was, it was exclusive to the, the elegance model. Oh, wow. Yeah. Especially the one without alloys. Yeah, Okay. exactly. Well, that's rare. Hubcaps though. and Moss steering wheel. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, continue about Le Mans or something. Continue about Le Mans or something. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, it's, it's a mental era because I've never known a huge amount about it, but we've been quite familiar with the cars that, that represent cars. this era we because, like, you play racing games and yeah. they they cropped up in them all the time. So I'm talking Mercedes, AMG, CLK, GTR. You mentioned it Did. a couple of weeks back. Yeah. I'm talking uh, BMW V12 LMR. Nice. Um, the Nissan. Talking the Nissan. R390. The Mazda. Uh, seven, seven, well, seven, no, that's nine, Group seven, C. Nine, oh, is that Group C? Yeah, seven, Ignore eight, me, seven, everyone. I'm Sorry. Sorry. McLaren F1 GTR. Okay. Uh, Jaguar XJ220. Yeah. Ferrari F40 LM. Oh, so these, are, these are road models, well, which were endurance racers. That's what's crazy about this era, is that everyone remembers the GT1 class more than they remember the prototype class. And this is because there wasn't much pace differentiation between the prototypes and the GT1 class. And the reason for that was the relatively loose rules in terms of road-going homologations for cars yes. in the GT1 class. And that's what made 90s Le Mans so fascinating, was that you got these two completely separate classes. The whole idea from the FIA was, we'll have the prototypes at the top, they'll be the fastest, and then the next group down will be um, supercar prototypes, supercar cars that have been converted into race cars. So in fact, in terms of the spirit of the rules, the McLaren F1 GTR was perfect for that. They had plenty of production cars, enough to make the rules prop like well beyond the rules requirement. And then they had the race going car, but it just happened to be so damn fast that it was still as quick as the prototype racers, even though it was a road car. Um, it was, yeah, that, that's, that's an exception to the rule. For the most part, a lot of the manufacturers in GT1 did a lot of rule skirting in order to try and make cars that would be competitive and uh, like isn't excessively competitive and they would compete up with the Le Mans prototypes. So, you know, like mid-2000s cars that you know from Le Mans, we're talking the prototypes are the ones you remember most of the time, like the Audi R10. You know, the TDI cars, those sorts of things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know the ones. Um, so that's all, the prototype era cars from the later series in the 2000s are more what we remember. But if you go back and you look at the 90s, it's always these GT1 cars. So we finish Group C in the early 90s. So that's the 787B. Yeah, that's the, the one I like. Exactly, the Sauber C9 and the C10 and the yeah, C11. Not, not road cars, just full-blown race cars. Yeah, they, these were just prototypes, yeah. basically. Um, you still had the GT classes below that, but the top class was Group C, uh, and you had, was it the Jaguar XJR14 and things yeah. like that. Uh, did Martin Brundle race that? I think oh, that was a Martin Brundle car. Um, yeah, you have to ask him next time you see him. I do, yeah, I'm good, good mates with, with, with old Marty. 
Um, so uh, end of that era, Group C came to a close and they wanted to make Le Mans, keep Le Mans exciting. So they brought in, um, they still kept the prototype class on top, except the prototype cars had to be open cockpit. That's the main difference there. And then they had GT1 and the whole idea was we want to push, they've got all these supercars coming in. You've got the Jag XJ220, you've got the Ferrari F40, you've got the McLaren F1. We want them to make race car versions of these cars. Um, but there has to be, the rules are, has to be road going versions of them. But they didn't stipulate how many, I think it had to be at least one. And they didn't say that they had to be ready in time for the races. So there were a few examples where like, uh, the Nissan R390 is a good example, where they made uh, the car for the race and they did make a road car, but they were like, yeah, we'll make the road car. And they didn't until after the race and they made like one of them and it was just owned by Nissan. So it never actually got on the road. So basically the manufacturers massively skirted the rules, yeah. made full on prototype race cars and then just said, yeah, there's a road, there's a road version. There's, yeah, don't worry about it. There's a road version. And that was how it ends up working. So um, the, one of the most fun examples of this at the beginning was that Porsche had been dominating the Group C era um, back in the late 80s and into the early 90s. I think they'd had a decade, decade of success with the Porsche 962. And a decade of success. A decade of success with like the 962. Mercedes in Formula One. Exactly that, yes. Nearly there. So in, in terms of endurance racing, the 962 is the Mercedes F1 of, of Le Mans racing or endurance racing back then. Uh, but then when the rules changed, they worked out, they realized that they could still enter this car in the GT1 cat because they didn't want to make an open cockpit version. They kept it as closed cockpit. They could enter it in the GT1 category if they just tweaked it a little bit and made a road going version. So they just had this Group C oh, race car. <laughs> they made a road going Group C race car. So you can buy it. I did mention, I've mentioned yeah, this before. Mentioned this. And uh, it just went in and flat out won Le Mans. Well, obviously. So um, 1994, that was when you, when the, when the, the it was called the Dower 962. Um, and they, uh, yeah, they, they absolutely dominated. So if you look at the results page, it's uh, the class in terms of like the classes. It goes GT1, and then it goes LMP1, LMP1, <laughs> LMP1, uh, LMP2, LMP1, and then you get another GT1, and then you get the other GT cars. But there was just this Porsche at the top because <laughs> it completely dominated the field, even though technically it was classed as a GT1 car. So for most of the 90s, GT1 then became the class that would win Le Mans outright yeah. beating prototype race cars. So I think 95 was won by um, a Porsche prototype car. 96 was won by the McLaren F1 GTR. So a GT1 race car. Yeah. You had the Ferrari F33, F333, um, which was a Le Mans prototype. That won <laughs> once. But then beyond that, it's Mercedes. It's... Uh, Toyota with the GT1. Yeah. So there's, there's all these incredible cars that then come out of the GT1 class. Um, and they're pretty, pretty silly. You look at the like classes at the top and it's just weird to see the mix of classes. It's not what you, nowadays it goes LMP1, LMP2, GT, uh, GTE Pro yeah. and GTE Am. And that's pretty much how it gets segmented in the races. 
But in the 90s, it was just a, a free-for-all. Yeah. You had GT1 mixed in with LMP1, mixed in with another GT1 car and then another LMP1 car, because so many of these manufacturers did it. But there's a few cool cars that came out of it. You had the um, MC8R uh, MR2 GT1 racer, which I mentioned yeah. uh, in the episode where I talked about my MR2. They, you had the Skyline, Nissan Skyline GTR LM, which I recommend you look up because the road going version of that car looks unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you had the Toyota Supra LM car, which raced in GT1. You had the Panos. Do you remember Panos? I the, remember the Panos, yeah. You had the Panos Esperante <laughs> nice. GT1 car which looks ridiculous. Uh, Nissan R390 Le Mans racer, yeah. Ferrari F40 LM, which looks amazing as yeah. well. Um, and these things were as fast as the prototypes of the era. They were just interspersed in amongst them all. Honda NSX just, Le Mans where, racer. Where is that today? Well, it's coming back now. What? The top, the top I'm not sure if you kept up, but the top prototype class LMP1 is being changed and is now a hypercar class. Oh, I see. So, they're sort of bringing back this era. You have to have what, road so going. Road going hypercars that have been made into race cars. Yeah. To race at Le Mans. Yeah. Okay, it's that's cool. It's incredibly okay, cool. Okay, now I'm interested. It's so the, the the new. I think it's next series. You're going to have some really cool looking cars. I saw the um, the Glickenhaus uh, version that's been they've been out there racing, testing at Monza recently, and that thing looks so good. But yeah, so that that's that's where it's going now. So it is coming back. The LMP1 era is finished. We're now back into this sort of 90s era. So that'll be something to look forward to, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I think it was it was getting a bit ridiculous. The skirting of the rules was getting a bit over the top. So uh, you get to, I think the, the, the biggest skirting of the rules and the one that really changed it up was the Toyota GT1. Yeah. Because if you look at that car, that's just a prototype racer, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That, that is all it is. Um, so the Toyota GT1 raced and won the 1998 Le Mans. And then when it came back in 1999, they'd, they'd looked at what happened in 1998 and were like, yeah, we probably, that's probably not what should have happened really um oh no i'm sorry that is a mistake I'll take it back the bmw v12 lmr running in the prototype class won the 1998 le mans toyota came second with the gt1 car um and then they changed the rules they went no you have to have in g there's still gt1 but you have to have a whole bunch of road going cars for this to be uh, uh, yeah. to be okay um and then that's brought an end to it, except that a lot of the manufacturers of these uh, prototype race cars already had cars that were pretty much prototypes. So it wasn't a huge effort for them to just tweak them a little bit yeah. and make them into a prototype. Uh, but they got rid of the open cockpit thing. So now they have two classes of LMP cars now in the early 2000s, the very last year in the, in the 90s. Uh, you have closed cockpit and open cockpit and they are two separate classes, but you don't have to have road-going homologations. So it just, you know, all the rules for homologation went out the window, and you 
end up with a proper prototype GT1 and a proper prototype Mercedes. Um, and it was a, yeah, it's very, very cool. So that's uh, GT1. GT1 has gone through several iterations over the years. Uh, in the mid 2000s, it was dominated by the Maserati MC12, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's been, it still existed as a class. Uh, it had them, one of the most famous ones is the Aston Martin DBR9. DBR9, yeah, I love it. It was a, a GT1 car. Um, so yeah, meant to be quite a bit faster than the GT3s, which are yeah. sort of really the top of that class now. It, it doesn't exist anymore. Came to an end in 2011. Um, and now it's sort of morphed into GTE, um, so GT Endurance, GTE Pro and GTE Am. And I thought they were just GT3 cars. Turns out they're not. They're a little bit quicker. Yeah, you've got M8s in there, actually, haven't you? Yeah. Um, BMW, you've got the M8 yeah. version. I don't know any otherwise. Do Porsche have one? Uh, yeah, they've got... Um, a GTE Porsche. Yeah. The GT2, I think. Oh, I've forgotten what it is. Haven't looked into that. No. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that's cool, though. I'm looking forward to that, then. So, you've got hypercars joining the... Uh, the like grid. one cars. No, they, they are now the top, the top group. It goes uh, hypercar class and then LMP2, I think. Oh, I see. Oh, nice. So they are, they'll be road-going hypercars, which now have Le Mans prototypes. Okay, well, that brings a them. bit of interest back to the, the hypercars then, doesn't it? It does. Because it was getting a bit just boring. Every other week, you've got a brand new three million pound hypercar, which has a million horsepower and is completely unobtainable by yeah. anybody. And they only make three of them. They've all been sold already. And it's like, what's, what's the point? Well, I'm just not interested. So it's those sort of cars yeah. that are now going to be racing on track. Yeah. That's going to be cool. It is very cool. I'm uh, quite excited for this. I'm just looking up some of the cars. Um, yeah, the Aston Martin. What's Aston Martin's crazy thing that they've released recently? Crazy thing? You know, that's that stupid hypercar. Oh, God, the... Uh not the Vulcan. Is it the Vulcan? Oh, no, not the Vulcan. The, the other one. Uh, the newest one. Oh, come uh, on. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, is it the one they designed with Red Bull? Valkyrie. The Valkyrie, that's the one. I knew it was a V. Yeah, I know what it looks like now. That's the hypercar. Yeah. That's the one that will race at Le Mans. Yeah, that's crazy. It's cool. That'd it's awesome. I'll post a pic later on, guys, on uh, Instagram. Peugeot have got an offering. Peugeot? Peugeot are back. What? Okay, I've lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> you won't when you see it. Peugeot. It's, has it got it's... the new logo on it? Oh, is that why they've done their new logo? What? It's like a more aggressive, like, um, a more aggressive lion shield type deal with a more aggressive font. Maybe. But it still sounds terrible, doesn't it? Pidgeot. Peugeot. Yeah, it looks... Uh... Oh, that does actually look quite decent. It's, it's very cool. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of interesting stuff coming out is from this, this hypercar the, class. You've got the Mercedes AMG 1. Is that going to be racing there as well? Um, ooh. Let's have a look. Is Mercedes doing it? We're going to look this up. Uh, I'm not sure they are, Verify no. Verify me, please. Verify me. But yeah, it's... That's their new hypercar, is the yes, Mercedes are. AMG 1. There it is. Beautiful. So it's. Uh, I was right. It's going to be quite a fun class, I think. Yeah. Because you're going to be able to once again link these sorts of cars back to their old, the the roots in road cars again, and yeah. actually see them. It's going to be very cool. Oh, we should go. We should go and do a podcast from trackside. From Le Mans. From Le Mans. 
Yeah. And then you can have, instead of us walking around, crunching on stupid leaves, you can have the soundtrack. It's so loud. Le okay, well, I don't think they want to listen to us anyway. <laughs> We're just standing there 45 minutes with the microphones just at the track side. And put yeah. That out. yeah, that sounds good. We just call it engine noise. Honestly, it's... I had no idea how loud it would be. <laughs> and uh, you camp, like, next to the track. Yeah. So... Trying to sleep. Oh my god! <laughs> of course, it's twenty-four hours. Isn't it's it? twenty-four hours. <laughs> it's not just twenty. You're there for a weekend. Yeah. And they do warm-up races and stuff as well. Oh so it's like, I mean, to be fair, the first night there's no racing, but the second night, the Saturday night, yeah, it's just <laughs> all night long. <laughs> <laughs> who fucking sleeps, man? What do you mean who sleeps? Well, who, there's no point sleeping. You're at Le Mans for an entire weekend. Just yeah. don't bother sleeping. Just get drunk and go and enjoy <laughs> the bloody racing. I mean, some people do that kind of thing. Yeah, they just like camp out on certain corners. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really cool experience. There's a lot of walking. I'm going to put that out there. Well, you go. we love walking. Huge amounts of walking to Good. do. I like walking. Get your exercise in. Yeah. It's, no, I highly recommend anyone do Le Mans. Drive there, turn up, get on a campsite. You get a little area to camp with your car. They've got like, they had a virtual race series there as well. So like a bunch of... People uh, with racing sims all set up. And oh, had cool. a, the virtual race series was there. Uh, I think it was the Forza one. Oh. Yeah, I know. Lame. <laughs> Lame. Lame. Um, I thought it was a sim for a second. Sorry. Misleading. Very misleading. I do apologise. So, they, yeah, and they had, they had like, as I said, warm-up races, like a mini class of sort of LMP cars, prototypes, driving around in a race series. Um, yeah, I'd highly recommend it. Go to Le Mans. It's good fun. We'll go. We'll go. We'll go. We'll Next year. Oh, I wasn't invited last time. Did you want to go? It's 24 hour <laughs> Le Mans race. Of course I want to go. Uh, yeah. Just... You had a spare seat in your car as well. No, I didn't. It oh, was, did you not? It was what? full of, like, tent. Oh, I'd have gone in the boot. <laughs> just crushed, <laughs> crushed up at the boot. I'm it just was, pleased that I'm involved. It was not a pleasant journey, no. honestly. Oh, well, I mean... Well, I mean, you wrecked your McGann on the way back, didn't you? Or yeah, the exhaust basically fell yeah. off. Nice. Um, It'd be lovely to go in your uh, BMW now, though. That would be a really nice experience, Perfect I think. Perfect for it. Perfect, yeah. Is it on TV? Yeah, it's all... Well, it's sort of. It's... Uh, um, there's various like YouTube channels for all the different race teams. Yeah, see, that's what... If it was on Sky Sports F1, I'd be all over that. Because uh, they've made F1 so accessible. I know it's expensive. I know, so don't have a go at me. I know it's 25 quid a month just to watch a couple of races, but. Do they still just, have they've got so, for Yeah, that? it does, yeah, but it's not, oh, through, it's not during the race. Come on! It's not during the race. It's that un... annoys me. That's such a cash grab. I know it is, I know. Ah, carry on. But the, uh, the actual content you get is, uh, is pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm, I think it's worth it. It's just you know, you know what you you know what you get. You know, there's none of this. You can stream it illegally, but the fucking quality is just terrible. <laughs> and you know, there's no other way. You know, you can wait. You can watch it on Channel Four. You can watch the highlights, and I think they get one full race per year, which is Silverstone. Um, but yeah, you just get every race live, no adverts during the race or during qualifying. Yeah. Um, you know, so if they did like a Sky Sports Le Mans, I think that would be amazing. Yeah, I think I think there is there is a, there is a way that you can watch it on TV. I don't yeah. I don't know what channel it is. It's probably like Eurosport or something. Yeah, I, yeah, I can imagine it is actually. We were obviously there 
but you we were what you know there's like Le Mans radio there's a constant yeah. broadcast going across so what was quite cool was sitting on um oh I don't know any I should know the names of the bloody corners oh mate <laughs> I know the Molsan Strait that's pretty much okay so end of the Molsan Strait yeah kink right yeah sharp right hander yeah another long straight yeah kink right then you've got a complex you've of... You've got a heavy braking zone into yeah. a left right, haven't you? Left and then a right, yeah. exactly. You can sit on that. That's quite a famous oh, place cool. to sit. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's, that's very cool. You hear a lot of... Yeah. Popping yeah. as they come down. And you've got, like, photography-wise, you get the glowing red brakes yeah. and oh, stuff. of course, yeah. It's very cool. It's a nice bit to sit on. Um, it's also a bit of an overtaking zone sometimes. So. Well, of course. There aren't many, actually, on that track, are there? Exactly. So it's, it's cool. It's a cool place to sit. Uh, so what was quite fun was sitting there, headphones on, because it's unbelievably loud. Oh, it can't be that bad. Uh, it, oh, it is. <laughs> put uh, noise cancelling on, put the radio station on, yeah. and watch it live whilst listening to the, the radio like broadcast. Because there's, there's, really, there's some really good broadcasts out there. People like, there's some really interesting commentary you get. Um, and it's quite fun to be like, oh, there's been a crash and he's trying to limp the car back. Yeah. And then you'll look down the road and you'll see this limping car oh, cool. scrape past around the corner to try to get back to the pits and stuff. It's, yeah, it's, it's very, very cool. Um, well just, worth. Bring it back down to earth. I just want to go to a bloody car show again. Yeah, that's true. Because uh, we love our photography <clears> and uh, we're quite good at it. <laughs> we are quite good at it. I'm um, fine. Addison Miller photography on Instagram. We're excellent. We're the best. Check us out. We're the best best in the biz but yeah we just love going to car shows and taking pics and stuff and uh, we haven't been able to for over a year yeah so uh yeah it's been it's been such a long wait oh. it's going to be so fantastic to go back to car shows again we had that whole thing like that whole laid we did. out we had uh, we had an actual gig yeah, we had a, pay gig. Us a decent chunk of money to go there and take photos of a supercar sort of breakfast thing yeah um at this manor house um not too far from here and yeah, yeah we were going to you know uh, record some stuff get the drone out take some pictures all for their some website video, yeah. and for their social media account they were going to pay us a decent chunk of money and then, and COVID. then covid happened yay <laughs> and that was it so i don't know if that's going to go ahead this year but um yeah i suppose we'll just we'll keep you posted but it'd be great to um you know meet some people if you if you can listen to us, please <laughs> give us a try and uh, come and say hi. Yeah, can you imagine that? That would be a crazy moment if we hey, went man. to photograph at a, an event yeah. and then someone said hi. Yeah. You know you've, you know you've made places, it. We'll, uh, we'll post about it on, the, uh, yeah. on our Instagram, at Zero Traction Podcast. Yeah. And on Twitter, at Zero Traction. So yeah. If you could do us a cheeky follow, that would be great cheeky follow and I'll post a couple of pictures of those um, uh, cars the prototypes you were talking about oh yeah that'd be cool yeah man crazy yeah. stuff how about you have you got anything to talk about this week anything to talk about the VW camper is reborn oh yeah they make it guess what what it's all electric of course um, it seats six people yeah um, it looks terrible <laughs> There's no subjectivity here. It's just, it looks terrible. It's a fact. It's a fact. It's a fact. And if you don't believe me, look then it up. you are wrong. Oh, yeah. It looks terrible. Yeah. Because it, I just wish they'd make it look... You know what I'd like? 
a fully electric version of a 1960s VW car. Oh, there are companies that do that. I'm sure there are for yeah. a few hundred thousand pounds. <laughs> I'd want to buy a new one from VW for 50 grand. No, and I'd... you get an old school looking, fully electric, fully modern camper van. That'd be cool. I reckon for about 50 grand, same sort of price, I reckon you could get one converted. Yeah, because there was, I went to um, the fully charged uh, motor show, which is all about electric cars, and they had this whole section where there's these sort of resto mod vehicles, things like campers and, you know, old classic cars, MGBs and whatever, that have had these electric drivetrain conversions. Well, I suppose it's a legitimate thing then. Yeah, it is a thing. So you could, if you really wanted to do that, James. Well, no, I don't. You got really your 50k ready to go. Well, no, I don't really want to spend 50k. No. <laughs> I was just, just, I was just it's showing you an example, I suppose. <laughs> I'd rather do what Jamie Oliver did and put a 3.6 litre Porsche engine in the back of mine. Is that J Jamie Oliver? Jamie Oliver. As in did the that. chef, Jamie As Oliver. As in the chef, Jamie Oliver put a 3.6 litre Porsche flat six in the back of his VW camper. That's amazing. Did a lap of Top Gear once. You don't remember? No, I don't remember. What? Classic Top Gear fans will know that. I've clearly missed that completely. You missed it. Is that like classic Top Gear? Yeah. Like season six or seven, like really early. Oh, geez. Um, anyway, the VW claims the, um, I think they're calling it the bully. <laughs> Why they're calling it the bully, I have no <laughs> idea. I just threw my arms up in the air like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, it can go from naught to 62 in Something stupid. 11.5 seconds. Oh, okay, not something stupid then. Something that's stupid in the other way. Something more like, that's pretty much what you'd expect not from a van. I mean, if you've got to load six people in there, you're not really fussed about Nord 60 times, are you? No, exactly. You want range, which is good news. The range is 186 miles. Oh, so that's so good not, news. not so good. So the, the, the whole purpose of a camper is that you're going to want to go far away on a long journey and camp in it. Yep. So, but this one, you can only go 186 miles. On a full charge before having to stop for an hour to get yourself 186 more miles. Yeah. And if you wanted to go to Scotland, which is 450 miles away. Yeah. That's a long, long trip. That is a long trip. And I bet there's less space inside because of all the batteries. <laughs> yeah, probably. So that's pointless. <laughs> we've, we've done that now. That's that pointless. has got a zero traction seal of pointless. <laughs> that's pointless seal. Okay, there are eight that new new topic. Yeah. There are eight thousand eight hundred drivers on the UK roads with twelve points on their license. Twelve, like <laughs> doesn't that mean you lose your license? Like at twelve? I think is it at twelve or do you get twelve points anymore and you lose your license? I don't actually I think know. It's got a max of twelve. Yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, I thought if you got twelve points, your license was removed. Unless that's what they mean. <laughs> They're still driving. Despite having enough penalty points to trigger an automatic ban. Well, what can you, you can't drive. Like surely they, they know there's 8,800 people out there with like, oh, does that mean it's an auto ban if you then do another offense? Uh, the exact length of the ban depends on the number of previous disqualifications the driver has had. Right, okay. How do you get yourself to 12? <laughs> However, DVLA data acquired via Freedom of Information request by IAM Roadsmart shows there are currently 8,800 motorists in possession of both a valid license and 12 or more penalty points. That, that sounds impossible. It does, doesn't it? That's not a reasonable, that's not true. It doesn't. <laughs> All that means is, 
I get, like, surely a number plate recognition will pick that up. Yeah, you would imagine. Oh, I almost got done by one of those guys the other day. Oh, really? Yeah, luckily I saw him. Um, I was going up the road and he was on the other side of the road. Yeah. So I knew, as I was coming back down that road, I knew to uh, do the speed limit. Not like do much more than the speed limit anyway in that Master <laughs> Bloody 2, whatever it is. Stupid thing. I hate that car. <laughs> Can't wait to get something else. Such anger. Such rage. <laughs> but yeah, he was cheeky, this one. Usually they were like in a big, um, you know, a marked van, like on the side of the road. And yeah. he sort of stood by his van, shooting people with his stupid laser gun. Um, but this time, it was a 5 Series BMW. And um, we just can't get away from BMW. <laughs> um, but it was tucked, it back. Was tucked in a side street. And he was sort of by the wall, like shooting people. Like he was really hidden. Luckily I'd <laughs> seen him coming up the road. That is cheeky. Um, so yeah, he was getting people. He must've been getting people. Cause it's like a downhill 40 mile an hour dual carriageway. Uh, so you can easily go above 40 there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I bet they made some decent money that day. Good. That's very funny. Have you been pulled over James? Have I been pulled over? Yeah. I have been pulled over Cameron. Yes. Yeah. I have. It was a, do you want me to explain? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, back a couple, a few years ago, I had the classic Mini, as a few of you may know. Um, and I worked at Teamworks uh, go-karting uh, on Portman Road in Reading. Big up Teamworks. Which, no, don't big up Teamworks. Big up Teamworks. Terrible, works. terrible company. Don't ever go. <laughs> um, it was not a good track. It was not a good, well, the track was okay. Was the it? The carts were terrible. It was, it was it slidey, was so slidey. It was like a 40 second. Um, lap time. Yeah, and you just drifted every corner. But yeah, it was a bit of fun. Anyway, I worked there, I was a mechanic there for a while, and we would often stay late and race the carts around whilst, uh, <laughs> you know, after the customers had gone home, we'd all cleaned up everything, and we were like, right, let's have a quick raz before we go home. Yeah, And yeah. one night, it was like 2 a.m. before we'd left. Um, so I was That's in the cool. full, full racing mode, jumped in the Mini, which at the time sounded fantastic yeah it had a wheelbarrow exhaust each um exhaust tip was three inches wide <laughs> by uh, one and a half inches they tall. were crazy they were enormous <laughs> the thing sounded ridiculous and at this time it was quite early on in me actually you know beginning to drive it so it was running i think the best it had ever run and um just such an ultimate driving experience that car no power steering 1300 engine the thing weighed about 700 kilos. Um, just a riot, yeah. absolute riot. Sounded awesome. So uh, yeah, I had about 10 minutes to drive home and um, I yeah jumped in the car. Yeah, I'm not gonna say I broke the speed limit <laughs> by, by a lot, but I may have broken the speed limit by quite a bit. <laughs> um, it, was quite, it was quite nice because it was a long, um, Norcott Hill is quite a long hill with two, in, two separate inclines. So it's quite a shallow incline, then it levels off and then it goes up a bit of a steeper incline. Yeah. And inclines just give you so much confidence when you're driving. Like, you know, you're not gonna lose grip, you're not gonna understeer. It's, it's, a, you know, it's underpowered and you're on an incline. So what's the worst that could happen? And so I'm just flying up this hill um, and I got to the top, I just sort of got to the top and um, there was no one around, as you would expect, at 2am. Yeah. Um, I got to the top and I see these headlights coming up really quickly behind me. And I'm sort of stuck behind this 
this bus. I know there was no one around, but there was a bus <laughs> at the lights. I caught this bus up. Um, some headlights, you know, I saw some headlights in the distance. They came up behind me. And as the headlights dipped below the, you know, as, as the glare stopped from the headlights, I saw the emblem on the bonnet oh, of no. the Astra diesel. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a police car. Huh? Oh, dear. I hope they didn't, um, I hope they don't stop me. So I turn left, the bus goes straight, I turn left, and I'm doing like 20 at this point. Yeah. Just really like pootling along <laughs> and forth, doing 12. I'm making it as quiet as possible, but it was too little, too late. Was it a four speed or a five speed? Sorry, I just It was four speed. It was a four, it speed. Was a four yeah, speed. Yeah, okay, carry on. Um, yeah, so the blue lights came on, and I was like, oh shit. So I sort of indicated left, turned down a road just to get off the main road. I yeah. turned down and pulled over. Yeah. I was sort of sat there shitting myself because I knew I'd, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd been bad. I'd been a naughty boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was definitely not doing motorway speeds on... on, on oh, man. In a classic Mini. The thing must have sounded ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I sort of rolled the window down. I was fully prepared for an absolute bollocking. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Who can I phone? It's 2 a.m. in the morning. My mum's going to be in bed. You know, I'm like 18 at this point. I'm going <laughs> to like, lose what my... What am I going to do? Because at that point, if you got caught speeding within the first year of your license... Yeah, that's right. Wasn't it like six points rather than yeah. three? But to be honest, I was, I, I'd had my license for a couple of years. Anyway. Oh, right. Okay, okay. So I must have been 19, 20. Yeah. Um, yeah. Come to think of it. Uh, but I felt like a baby. Looking back now, I was a little baby. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, she, so I rolled down the window and she said, um, Hi, we just, we just saw you... Uh, your little mini flash past us oh. as we were sat there. So um, just thought I'd uh, pull you over and see, you know, what you're doing. Um, where have you come from? And I said, oh, I had my Teamworks uniform on. And I said, oh, I just well, I work at the go-kart track just down the road there. And, you know, I just, you know, just, just literally on my way home, I live two minutes from here. So, yeah. And she was like, oh, okay, um, have you got a driving license? So I sort of gave it to her. Yeah. She went, she turned around and, and her, her colleague was there and he sort of just... He didn't even look at it. He sort of just shook his head and sort of waved, waved. He sort of did it. He sort of moved his hand in like a wave motion. So yeah. she sort of said, okay, we'll just watch your speed in future. <laughs> and that was it. Oh, man. That was so, that was it. That was it. Just so, and at this time, right, <laughs> my, my left headlight was out as well. Oh. <laughs> so, and I'm pretty sure the tax was either on the limit yeah. expiring yeah. or may have expired at this point oh. so if they'd have wanted to check things they could have they could have done me right up <laughs> oh man um, but as it as it happened she gave my license back she got in the car they drove off yeah. and then waited until they were out of view before turning the lights on and the yeah. back on and stuff yeah yeah and then i just pootled home heart rate going heart rate through going the crazy roof. but also i was full of adrenaline but also i was like so happy i was so chuffed that i got away with it um yeah, that was so. That's my pretty much. I think that's my only experience with the police. I don't think I've ever. Yeah. Uh, they they drove past me once when I broke down and asked me if I was okay. Oh, that's a nice experience. Because um, I was holding up all of Reading, but that's for a different time. <laughs> it's the mini again. All of Reading. <laughs> well, my mum phoned me. I may as well to explain now as well. Go on, there, go on. So the mini's been causing issues for a couple of weeks. Yeah. But I've been ignoring it because. I'm young, I'm not earning too much money, and I can't really afford to get anything looked at or sorted out at the moment. I'm sort of trying to get to payday before I sort out any issues. Yeah, yeah. And I'm in the Oracle car park in Reading, centre of Reading, and 
I turn it on and it struggles to start. So choke out, turn it on, struggles to start, choke in, turns on. So I'm like, oh yeah, it's turned on, great. It's quite busy Saturday afternoon in Reading and Middle of it's, summer? It's, middle, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's chock-a-block, it's chock-a-block. Yeah. Um, so, on the way home, I've got to go onto the IDR, which is up a little um, slip road, the two-lane slip road, yeah. off of the main Oracle roundabout. So, you yeah, can imagine yeah. on a Saturday afternoon, this is really busy. And um, I'm sort of going up this thing, and it, it's a bit of traffic, so I've stopped the car, I've moved the car forwards a few inches, you know, every every two or three minutes. And after about 10 minutes of this, it just dies. The car's just dead. It just cocks out. And I'm sort of sat there, Nicola's in the passenger seat. She's like, oh no, what's going on? Oh. So I'm sort of there, jing, 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 trying to start the thing. The battery's fine because it's, it's ticking over quickly. It's yeah. just not firing. Uh. Um, so I'm choking it. I'm not, I don't know, flooding the engine probably. <laughs> <laughs> just desperately trying to you know, I'm stuck in this I'm the left lane of this double lane thing and at I'm least there was the other lane I guess yeah so the traffic was getting past me um, very very slowly oh no and I got a phone call before I'd, I'd phone my breakdown cover because you have to have that if you have a classic car you, do. you have to <laughs> it's essential trust me top top spec breakdown cover yeah so I phoned the breakdown cover they were on their way and I was just sat there in the car hazards on yeah yeah, just waiting for the breakdown to come. And um, yeah, I got a phone call. So I phoned the breakdown cover. I got a phone call about 20 minutes after that from my mum saying, are you okay? <laughs> where, where are you? And uh, I said, um, well, I've just, I've, I'm, I'm broken down at the moment. I'm sort of just, um, just stopped um, near the IDR. And she was like, I thought so, because I'm looking at the CCTV cameras <laughs> and Reddick has just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was just hilarious like she because she works um, uh, she works she's a civil servant and she you can you can I think there's a website you can go on where you can uh, look at the traffic cams the yeah. live traffic cam footage so she was doing that and had phoned me just to see <laughs> where I was <laughs> and it was actually me that was causing all the she was like yeah traffic's backed up all the way through Reading Town Centre and everything um, so just to let you know you're really fucking everything up. Fantastic. So I, um, so what I did was I actually thought, oh, I tell you, I could probably roll back down this hill um, and try and get out of the way a bit. What towards traffic? So, yeah, into the into the traffic. Yeah, but really slowly because at this point people people had all got into that right-hand lane. Yeah, and there was a bit of a gap behind me, so I just let the handbrake off. And I, in neutral, I was just rolling really, really slowly on the brakes down the hill and turning into the curb. So I'm getting my mini as close to the curb as I can. Yeah, yeah. Just to let people try and pass me, uh, to, to, to let two lanes of traffic pass me. And uh, luckily that worked out. So I sort of like shimmied over to the left. Two car widths then were next to me. Yeah. And they could get past and that sort of eased the traffic a little bit. And then a police car came past and asked if I was okay. I said, yeah, breakdown shouldn't be too long. <laughs> it's um, stuck in all this traffic. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it took, it took way longer than it should have for the breakdown to get, uh, get to me. But oh, man. There you go. That was a fun Saturday. Good God, Lord. I miss that car. Uh, <laughs> You'll get so it back one day, James. I didn't think we were going to deep dive on the, uh, on the Mini yet, but there you go. 
It's a little mini dive, a mini dive on the on the experience. A mini mini dive on the mini. Yeah. What a car! I would love one of those again. You know. Yeah, that would be great. What fun! But especially nowadays with a with a more appropriate budget, you can uh, you can definitely take care of a mini. Yeah. Much better than I managed to, and I kept it running for a, a few years. So. Yeah. On a, on a shoestring. On a shoestring. On a shoestring. So there you go. Your entire paychecks from Team Pretty from, much. Uh, Pretty much. At, some, at one point, it was like five. I was earning like 900 quid a month, and I think 500 of it for two or three months was just on the mini. Yeah. Getting the thing torn apart and sorted out and put back together again. Yeah. I had a little mobile mechanic. <laughs> he, he would just dread my phone calls. I'd just be on the phone to him all the time. Oh, can you sort this out? Can you sort that out? He'd be like, yeah, I can, yeah, okay. And he was always like three hours late because he just didn't want to come. <laughs> oh, man. What a car, though. What a car. Or oh, when it was running nice. Yeah. Perfect. Do you remember Perfection. driving through, I have a memory of uh, driving in the little country roads through Southern Woods yeah, at the back yeah. of Tilehurst, between Tilehurst and Pangbourne. And fantastic roads. Great roads. If you're, near, if you're in the area, fantastic roads. Um, it's our little test drive, isn't it? Whenever yeah, we get in your car. Um, so, driving through there in the mini, in the wet, and then the windscreen wipers are obviously like, you've got incredibly slow or slow <laughs> as your two <laughs> options. And they barely, they didn't cover the whole windscreen right. and they, they didn't keep contact with the window very well. Right. And then you went through an enormous puddle. Oh, and my it went, God. It just, <laughs> I it just like a tidal wave over the entire front of the car. <laughs> and then it was like a full second or two before the windscreen wipers moved oh enough God. to move out of the way. That and we were, such, That was such an idiotic thing to do. And we were going at like 50 miles an hour yeah, or something. We did it. <laughs> and it was like narrow country road. And we sure just lost a... all visibility. Because <laughs> modern cars dispersed water away from the windscreen yeah. but for some reason I went through I don't know how it happened you'll have to explain the physics of it to me oh, I don't know but it's a very low just, it's a very small I just went through the puddle and it somehow went on it, <laughs> it came up over the bonnet and into the windscreen yeah tidal waves over oh, the entire car so scary I think basically it's just a very low to the ground very small car yeah. so <laughs> God, that was gonna happen that was the worst oh man I remember that now God. It was great. Yeah, great fun that was. <laughs> Is that it then? Are we done? I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. think we might be done. We can listeners. be. I've, um, I've got a pull over by the police story as well. Oh, okay. Let's do that right, one. There you go. We can we do go. that one. Cool. As we're doing them. We've, we've both been pulled over once, I think. Yeah. Um, I thought you'd been pulled over twice. No, just the once. I've been caught speeding. Oh, yeah. We've all been caught speeding. But I did the... Did the um, I was actually incredibly lucky with that. I'll start there. I I turned onto a tiny patch of road, which I assumed was 40, went by a speed camera, turned off that road immediately. It's literally like a hundred meters, maybe two, no, a couple hundred meters worth of road. And I, in my high end I get, and in that space of time, I'd managed to get just enough above 30 that the speed camera went off and I got caught at like 38 in this 30. And I, I like, you know, normally when you get caught speeding, like, you know, yep. you know, I had no idea. The double flashes no sort of clue. Let, you, let you know. I, just, I didn't even have a clue. And then it came to the post and then my, I got a call from my mum being like, um, 
you've been caught speeding. I was like, what? When? Where? Show me. <laughs> and then there's just a picture of my car and it's like 38 <laughs> miles an hour and you go, well, I can't really argue with that. And then, but I lucked out because that was the first year, I think it was the first year in Thames Valley, they were um, experimenting with uh, the speed awareness course. Oh. Uh, so, but back then it was much longer, much more intensive. Oh God, yeah. And you had to take an online course afterwards and no they'd way. make you, it was ridiculous. So I turned up, I spent hours there where they basically <laughs> spent all of it telling you not to drink and drive. That seemed to be most of the... Oh, for God's sake. Yeah, I was... I, That's just common sense. I was there with a bunch of other people, like another, you know, it's amazing the mix of people you get at these courses. Yeah. It's, it's any walk of life. Everyone gets caught. And I'm there... Listening away, and it's just all, that's the whole thing. It's all about drink, drink and driving. And then they go, now you've got this online course to take, except you can't just go home and smash it out. <laughs> you have to set reminders yourself every month, I think it was, to revisit oh, the website that. to do the next section. Did you do that? Yeah, I had, well, if you don't, you get the points. <laughs> so I had to. Oh man, my speed awareness course was three hours. Yeah, you just go in one evening, do the, do the, do the course, and you're yeah, done. Six till nine. Yeah. Excellent. It was actually quite fun. Well, mine wasn't because it was like, I guess it was in the experimental stage or something, but this bloody online shit afterwards is ridiculous. But anyway, that's when I got caught speeding unawares. But then there was the time I got pulled over. It's actually such a similar story to yours. It's ridiculous. Um, I'd, the Getz was in the garage because I'd got rear-ended. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, I, um, I've been driving to... Uh, been driving Mark to the hospital <laughs> because he had suspected meningitis. Oh, that's not funny. No, it was like, he was so ill and I'd call my dad and been like, I, I've done it. He must've been really ill for me to call my dad. Yeah, but I called my dad and was like, dad, these are his symptoms. He's not doing well at all. Your dad's a doctor, by the way. I'm not sure yeah. you know this. Yeah. Uh, and he goes, yeah, that, that could be meningitis. You need to get him to the hospital. So, I plonked him in the back of the Getz and we drove to the hospital. Were you two metres apart? Um, <laughs> Did you wear a mask? <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about it, with meningitis, maybe potentially I should have been. Yeah. Uh, but he's in the back and I'm in the front of the, the Getz and we're driving. And uh, I get to a roundabout and the, the, the lights go green at the roundabout, but there's a, an ambulance comes flying from the right-hand side. So I have to slam on my brakes. Oh no. Um, and the car behind me just wasn't concentrating and just went slam straight into the back. Um, oh, poor Mark. Poor Mark's in, in the, the back of, of the death, car. And then like, you have a crash. <laughs> <laughs> he gets, exactly. He's in the back, like sweating profusely. Oh my God. Uh, and we get rear ended. Um, oh, so yeah, so the, so the Getz is out of action, uh, getting, getting repaired. Uh, so I've got this little hire car. Well, not a hire car, like a courtesy car from the garage. And what it's, was it? You ready? Go on. Chevrolet Spark. Awesome. Do you remember the Spark? I remember them. Um, so, yeah, kind of cool looking. I mean, crap. It was awful. Yeah, you can't go back on yourself now. You just said it was cool. It was cool looking, I think. Maybe I'm misremembering. <laughs> I think you might be. But... This was a step up because it was lighter yeah. than the Getz. It had, it was a 1.2 rather than a 1.1. <laughs> um, and it, it like had a slightly revier engine. It was just a little bit sportier, 
So it was, at that point, the fastest car I'd ever driven. <laughs> so I, um, I, I drove it a bit quickly. I basically came down, um, what was the road next to school road? Was it city road? City road, yeah. Uh, got to the... All, all Berkshire um, drive. No, the next one along. Yeah, city road then, yeah. Uh, no, the other way. Next oh, to um, the school. Oh, God. Oh, yes, Tyler. The, the anatomy of Tylehurst. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Basically, it down the road. To me. And then you get to that roundabout where you can go right, left, and then go yeah. up over the two hills. Yeah, yeah. Chapel so, Hill. Chapel Hill. <laughs> Chapel Hill. So I was driving down Chapel Hill. And I get to the roundabout at the bottom, and I take that at some speed. Yeah. It's like 11 at night. Yeah. And then I rag it down that little road just there. Oh, sorry, hard man. Sorry, Ragging I know. Ragging the spark. Ragging the spark, <laughs> 1.2. So, you know, 15 seconds later, nice. I'm at 40 miles an hour <laughs> in this 30 zone. Um, and then I look in the mirror and there's just blue flashing. Oh. I hadn't even noticed, I didn't have like the realisation you had. No. My realisation was the blue flashing in my oh, mirrors. Oh, God. And I went, oh, oh, crap. What have I done? I was actually within the year of my licence at that point as well. Oh, shit. So this so, is where you, the lucky comes in then. Uh, so they pull me over, I get out the car, luckily we're not in America, because I think that's probably not what you're meant to do in the no, US. No, you're supposed to stay in the car and hands on the wheel. hands on the wheel. Or like put both hands out holding. So I had no fear of being shot because is, we're in the, the UK. The trick is you need to put your gun in like an accessible position first and then put your hands on the wheel so it looks like you're unarmed <laughs> and then you can just quickly draw the gun and shoot everybody. America. So I uh, got out the car. I wasn't sure. I remember thinking at the time, like, should I get out of the car? Should I not? What am I meant to do? I don't really know. Um, <laughs> Panic! <laughs> Panic! Ah! Um, I, didn't, I'm not, I didn't used to even get in trouble at school. Like, this is, no, this you were is a good big... Boy. This is a big deal. We were both good boys. Both good boys. I didn't do any homework. That was about all, of, all that ever happened for me at school. But anyway, I got out of the car, stood next to the car, turned around. There was the police car and four police officers get out of the car at oh, the same shit. time. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. And I was like, oh, come oh, on. I made a mistake. And they basically started all of them walking around the car. One of them came and spoke to me, and the other three were, like, fully circling the car. Oh, they must have been checking it out because it was, like, an attractive little spark, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, no. So, yeah, in fact, one of the police officers made fun of me for speeding in it because he was like, why are you speeding in this? <laughs> not even worth it, <laughs> It's mate. not even worth it. He actually said, if you want to do... Because I said, basically... Um, he was like, do you, do you know why I've pulled you over? And I was like, yeah, I was going a bit quickly. He was like, do you know how fast? And I was like, yeah, well, over, over 30. Um, and he went, yeah, you were nearly 40 there. Um, if you want to try that, and I was like, yeah, I'm really sorry. You know, it's just like, I, I said, I said exactly what I just said there. Like, yeah. it's a little bit quicker than my other car. It felt a bit pokey. I just wanted to see, you know, I wanted to have a little go in it. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, just do that on a motorway ramp next time round. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, that's probably probably reasonable um and he was like is this your car and i had to say no because oh it was a God. rental he's like do you have the rental agreement with you and all this kind of stuff i luckily i did because it was i not that long ago picked it up yeah. so the rental agreement was just in the glove box so i got out of that handed it to him driving license all that kind of stuff the lights are still flashing on the car and we're just parked like not more than 100 meters from lara's house where i was going oh. so i'm basically around the corner from my girlfriend's house pulled over by the police with the blue flashing lights <laughs> in an area where I know everybody because like I think it's opposite people that we went to school with yeah, and stuff well, yeah 
So I'm there like, oh crap, I'm gonna be seen by someone I know being pulled over by the police. Um, anyway, turns out two of the police officers were trainee officers, which is why there were so many of them. Oh, okay. Um, and the guy was just like, look, calm down, keep it a bit slower, don't drink and drive. And then left. <laughs> I don't know whether I look like someone who's going to drink and drive, well, but well, both experiences with speeding ended up with them telling me not to drink and drive, <laughs> but not charging me for anything. So they, they, left, they left me, they let me go. Well, aren't you lucky? We're both very lucky. Yeah. I think they probably let you go because they didn't have any evidence of your speeding beyond... I think if they follow you and they match your speed and they yeah. could be like, you've got the evidence there. And as long as... I think that's probably a lesson to be learned there is that as long as you're... You're just like, I'm really sorry. Yeah, just and you're own not... up immediately. Be honest and apologise. Um, they're more likely to respect you yeah. and just let you off with a caution. Yeah. Happened for both of us. Yeah. Crazy. Just owned up immediately. I just... You know, you see the blue lights flash and you're like, I'm not cut out for this life. I'm not a criminal. I confess. Take me away if you have to. I, w I wouldn't last long in prison. I'm not, I'm not cut out for this life. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. But then you know, if you see the blue lights flash, you sort of instinctively think, if you are cut out for this life, I'm going to gun it. I'm going to have a... I'm going to get away from these guys. Do people get away? I don't think anyone gets away. No one gets away. Unless you're on a little moped or something. But that, we weren't about that life, bro. We weren't. We weren't. We're, we're law-abiding citizens. We weren't about de-restricting our 50 cc's. <laughs> I think we can call it there. Okay, we'll let them, we'll let them go now because it's been too long. It has been long. It's good, though. But good fun. I hope you guys enjoy. Please follow us on at Zero Traction Podcast Instagram. Twitter is uh, at Zero Traction, and our photography page is at Addison Miller Photography Wonderful. on Instagram. We would love to hear your thoughts. We'd love to see the followers number increase. Um, yeah. Which it is very slowly. Which it is very slowly. Three, three followers now on Instagram. Oh, wow. Um, basically, I'm not trying to go out and Massively find push followers it. and just follow everybody and hope people follow me back. I want to see genuine listeners follow us because they want to follow us and they want to listen to us. Yeah, exactly. Because then we know we're doing something right and if we're doing something wrong, then we'll change it. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see you in the next one. I'll tell you what, before we, just before we go, I want to lay down a challenge for next week. Oh, here we go. Challenge time. Auto trader challenge. Oh, auto trader challenge. Here we go. Because I feel like this is something parameters. we talked about doing. Yes. Um, okay. Why don't we go back and forth? I'll set a budget. Yep. So 10 grand. Yep. Okay, you give a type of car. Roadster, but not an MX-5. So what's the, okay, so we've got, we have to get a Roadster, not an MX-5, under 10 grand. Yep. And my, I have to decide what the criteria is for who's the winner in yes. this. I'm gonna go, what should we do? <laughs> Highest power. Highest, so the highest, the most powerful roadster you can find, which isn't an MX-5, which won't be difficult, yeah. um, for under 10,000 pounds. Roadster, two-seaters only, no four-seaters. And the proof has to be a screenshot of the power figure on Autotrader, no yeah. other sources. The power figure has to come from Autotrader on that exact listing. Okay. Deal? 
Deal. Let's go for it. All right, there you go. We've laid down the gauntlet. We'll talk about it next week. Bye, See you everyone. later.